host. I am a personal trainer, behavior analyst, and mom of three living in California. And this podcast is focused on taking the science of human behavior and applying it to health and fitness domains uh, to help people be more successful in those goals. So this is going to be a super helpful time to listen to this podcast as we look down the barrel of 2022 and you kind of try to figure out what's important to you, what's meaningful, what is what do you want this year to look like? I'm sure everyone's recovering from the holidays, right? Especially if you're a parent. It's a little bit of whiplash for a few days there. It's cold maybe where you are. I know it's cold here and I will say California cold, right? So when it hits 60, I'm sort of like, where could I live that's warmer? <laughs> There's got to be a place that's warmer so that I never have to feel what 60 feels like. And I know that's ridiculous. Actually, it does in Northern California get down to like maybe the low 40s, maybe even lower at night. Uh, but it's like 40 in the morning when I have to take my dog out and it's chilly. That's legit cold. That's not like California wimpy, wimpy Cali person cold. That's that's a legit 40, I think right? Please um, agree with me. Although I did live in Illinois for six years, so if anyone's listening from Illinois, uh, you're you're probably sun tanning in a bikini in 40. I mean, I remember I was like, wow, man, the high is above six. This is feeling good. Awesome. The kids are out playing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I uh, don't hate me. I'm sorry. I will say if it makes you feel any better, the cost of housing is insane here. So there we go. It's a it's a trade-off. So yeah, everyone's kind of in that sort of post-Christmas, pre-New Year's haze, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully you were able to take care of yourself a little bit over the holidays, you know, get some time alone, get some time to move your body, eat a little bit healthy in between all of the delicious, carby, fatty treats and... Uh, snacks that were available and uh, the podcast last week talked about how to set that first goal when you're looking at your goals for new year so it's going to be a really important listen if you are trying to figure out not only what your goals are which is just really the first step but how do you set that first goal in a way that's going to help you be successful so if you haven't listened to that go back and listen to that that is a really really important episode because often what happens is people they don't have the wrong goals, right? They start with the wrong step. And usually they start way too high because you think, well, the harder it feels and the more challenging it is, the faster I'm going to see progress. And what happens is something, well, a number of things happen. One of them in behavior analysis we would call ratio strain, which means you have to work too hard and the reinforcement is too delayed. Right? Because fat loss takes time. Even if you're going super hard, like even if you starved yourself, it would still take time. And so what happens is the aversiveness of that stimulus, right? How challenging it is, is too aversive when compared to the reinforcement that's available, which would be weight loss, right? So essentially, you're working too hard for too little of a reward, because the reward is so delayed and that's just the way our bodies work it's going to take time and so what we're trying to do is prevent ratio strain by saying listen let's make it a little bit less miserable so you can do it for longer because the game of fat loss is less about intensity and more about consistency over time 
So go back and listen to that episode. Really reflect on the different points before you pick your starting point for whatever goal you're choosing. And the goals do not have to be fitness related. This can be related to any goal that you have. Right now I have a couple different goals that are not fitness related and I employ the same system. So I'm trying to get through a book. I tell myself I'm going to read 15 minutes a night. I know it's not very glamorous to think, oh my gosh, 15 minutes a night, that's nothing. But what I know from experience and also from my training is that if I try to read a chapter a night, I can white knuckle that for a few days and then I fall off and then I don't pick it up for a month. So if I start with something that's a little bit more doable from the beginning, I'm going to sustain it and I'm actually going to finish the book. So this week what we're going to be talking about is the next frustrating thing that can happen or another frustrating thing that can happen, which is what do I do? if it's not working. If you've listened to any of my other podcasts, I talk about values, uh, outcome goals, process goals. If you've really done a great job of identifying your values and then identifying your goals and then identifying a great starting spot, you can see how goal creation seems so simple, but it really isn't. Like the devil is in the details here. It's not just about saying, I want to do this thing. It's about identifying how am I going to do this thing? What kind of barriers could pop up to prevent me from doing this thing? How am I going to work around all of those different barriers? How am I going to have a creative and flexible uh, problem-solving solutions in order to keep moving forward? Like, you really have to think this out on the front end, and then it can flow very smoothly. The problem is if you don't think it out on the front end, it's going to be really messy, and probably you're going to give up. So we're talking about what do I do if it's not working? Like I've identified a great goal. I've identified a great system. I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing, but it's not working. So we're just going to say fat loss because that's such a big goal for people. It's, it's a common goal, but truly any goal can apply to this scenario. So take whatever goal is meaningful for you in your life at this moment in time and plug it into what we're going to be talking about today. So the first thing I really want to understand is is it really not working, truly? So I have a client who has been working on fat loss and not fat loss for aesthetic reasons, but fat, fat loss truly for health reasons. And she was feeling a little bit demoralized, like I'm not making progress, things aren't going well, um, the scale isn't shifting, nothing's changing about the scale, I don't look any different in pictures, and so forth. Luckily, we had taken measurements at the beginning of our time together, and when she remeasured, she realized she had lost six inches over her body. So that was a huge win for her and a huge surprise. I don't think that she anticipated that she was going to make that much progress, especially because it wasn't as apparent in these other ways that she had anticipated. Uh, so the first thing I want you to ask yourself if you're doing all of these things and you don't feel like you're moving forward, you don't feel like you're seeing progress, are you really not seeing progress? Have you been taking data? Because if you've just been tracking based on kind of how you feel, based only on the scale, yes, that's helpful data. That's information that you can use, but that's not the only data that can help you understand if you're in the right direction. The other thing to consider is... It might be working, but not to the degree that you expected. So for example, let's say prior to beginning to work with somebody or prior to beginning on your goal, you were gaining weight consistently. 
Now when you get on the scale, nothing's happening. You're not gaining, you're not losing. I see that as a partial win because you're no longer gaining. So you're stepping in the right direction, right? You're slowly shaping your behavior so that you're you're turning that wheel away from that trajectory where you did not want to go, right? Unhealthy weight gain. And now you've just gotten to a place where you're maintaining. Awesome. We can shape this. We can build on this. Now you can continue turning it so that it's going more towards a, a deficit. You know, it takes time to kind of understand what is a deficit for each person. Everyone has a different uh, resting metabolic rate. It depends on your job. It depends on the kinds of ways you spend your time outside of working out. Um, it depends on your age. There are so many different factors. When I very first start working with someone, it's a little bit of experimentation. Like, okay, we're going to start with these protocols in place. And if we don't see changes, then we're going to move to the next more intense protocol. That's in, and, and we're going to move really systematically down this path. But we're going to start with as easy and simple of a protocol as we possibly can. And we're only going to make it harder once we're not seeing progress anymore. You don't want to start with it being really challenging and crazy hard. First of all, it might be unnecessary. And second of all, it's too much, right? Just like we were talking about with ratio strain. And also it can affect your body's energy expenditure. Your body will adjust based on your caloric intake, right? If you go from eating 2,000 calories a day to 1,000, your body's getting really concerned. Like what happened? Our calories are cut in half. So you do not want to do that because your body is so smart, it's going to adjust. It's going to adjust for that. So when we look at progress, we're not just looking at is it going in the direction that we want to go, but we might also look at is it no longer going in the direction that we don't want it to go. And yes, that might not be as much progress as we want to see, but we want to acknowledge that something that we're doing is right, so we want to just adjust. It might just take a few little tweaks to to shift us even more towards the correct path and the correct trajectory. So when you're looking at, is this working? The first thing you're going to do is you're going to look at multiple data measures. You're not going to just look at one way of tracking the data. And it is important that you use the data, right? If I just look at pictures of myself, it's pretty subjective. It can be helpful. Sometimes it's obvious, but sometimes it's not, right? So we want to use data and not only how we're feeling to determine if we're making progress. You know, in my own life with my kids, if somebody asks me, hey, how are things going? I might say, fine, you know, but parenthood continues to be hard. (laughs) Why is it still hard? Is it supposed to be hard still? And someone might remind me, hey, do you remember when your, uh, you know, your son wasn't even sleeping through the night because he was scared of something? I'm just making this up, right? But like think about any time that your child had a behavior that felt really challenging and you're thinking to yourself in that moment, I'm not going to survive this phase, right? This is a really challenging phase and sometimes the phase ends And because it doesn't end super abruptly, it might be sort of a slow fade out. You might forget how it used to feel. And this totally happens. When I had little kids, I remember thinking, I think grandparents have forgotten, right? Because it's so easy to forget what it felt like to be in that space. So it can be the same thing 
with data with your body, you can think to yourself, I'm not seeing progress. But it's because you're still looking at how far you have to go. You're still looking at the fact that it feels challenging. You're still looking at the fact that, you know, all of the problems aren't solved. So something must be wrong. But taking data makes it so that it's not so subjective. You can look truly at the hard numbers of the situation. Yeah, it still feels hard. Yeah, it's going slow. But look, wow, this is a big difference. This is really, this is working. Even though it didn't feel like it was, the data is showing us that it is. It might not be working as quickly as we want. And we can talk about that, right? That's a conversation that you can have with your coach or with yourself. But it's important to take data so that you can identify when you are making progress because it's not always as easy as just checking in with yourself. So you want to use the data. You want to use diverse data measures. So if you're trying to lose fat, don't just weigh yourself on the scale, especially if you're lifting weights because when you are lifting weights, you are also building muscle. So what is happening is sometimes your weight will not change or it won't change significantly. So it's important to potentially use pictures if that's a helpful way if that if that gives you good information to take measurements so when you're going to take measurements you take it around the bicep around the smallest part of your waist and around the largest part of your thigh so just fyi you can take measurements you can use a more subjective scale like a likert scale and you can say okay on a scale of one to five right at the very beginning of my workout program one is great, uh, wonderful, awesome, five is horrible, right? On a scale of one to five, how am I sleeping? On a scale of one to five, how is my sense of well-being? On a scale of one to five, how's my, uh, my mood throughout the day? Yes, this is subjective, so this is not my favorite way to get information, but sometimes you might look back and say, wow, you know, I don't know if you've ever taken a depression scale. They, they give you a couple questions when you're at the doctor. Right, And sometimes I check in with them and I'm like, no, I'm feeling great. And they might say, wow, you know, six months ago, you didn't, you answered differently <laughs> that you were not feeling great. And I may have forgotten, you know, because I've now been feeling great. So I've sort of left that, that place, that, that headspace or that like psychological phase, right? I've left it behind me or I've kind of healed and moved through it and I've forgotten. And then someone reminds you, you know, you answered really poorly on these questions before, wow, I didn't even realize how much better I feel. Sometimes that can be good information too. Other data measures are in regards to other goals that you're setting not related to the outcome. So in a previous podcast, I talked about process goals versus outcome goals. And it's really, really important that you identify both of these. Outcome goals is I want to lose 10 pounds. The process goals are how am I going to do that? I'm going to go to the gym three times a week and I'm not going to eat after 8 o'clock p.m., just as an example. So what you can do, let's say you weigh yourself, you measure yourself, you take all the measures and you're not seeing progress. You can look and say, okay, I am showing up for my process goals. I'm doing a great job of that. So I'm making progress in other domains such as I'm keeping promises to myself. I'm increasing the trust I have in myself. I'm getting really good at adhering to boundaries I set with my family when I need to engage in self-care. Uh, my psychological well-being has significantly increased. Uh, my eating has significantly improved. My acid reflux is better because I'm not eating after 8 p.m. and I don't feel bloated and sick in the morning. 
These are other measures. Now, something to consider is also that outcome goals take time. Behavior change takes time. So if I was working with a client and she said, okay, I'm working out three times a week and I'm not eating after 8 p.m., and after two weeks, she says, nothing's changing. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm showing up to the process goals. I feel really proud of myself for doing that, but nothing is changing in the outcome. I might say, you know, bodies are tricky and there's no specific timeline. Let's give it, you know, another two weeks and let's see. And if there's no change, then one of two things is happening. One, it's not a significant enough difference from the way this person was already living their lives right? It's pretty similar to what they were already doing. So their body isn't going to adjust, right? There's no adaptation because there's no stress. There's no change. They were already working out three times a week and maybe they used to eat after eight o'clock, but they didn't eat much. So it's not a huge difference, right? So I might look at, okay, maybe we didn't set the bar high enough. It's really similar to what you were already doing. We might need to adjust a little bit more, right? And then let's track and see what happens. Or another thing that we might do is look at other measures that affect weight loss. So how are you sleeping? Uh, what's your stress level? How's work going? These things really matter. And so I might say, let's keep things how they are and just adjust one other domain. And let's see if there's a difference. Okay, let's adjust the domain. I want you drinking a half a gallon of water a day. Or let's adjust the domain of I need you getting at least seven hours of sleep a night. And if that doesn't change anything, then okay, we'll go harder. You'll work out more often and we'll make some change to your eating habits or we'll add some extra intensity to your workouts. But really what you want to do is instead of looking at the data and thinking it's not working and getting really stressed out and kind of going into crisis mode, you think, what's not working? Is it really not working? And how can I adjust only one variable at a time? So don't scrap your whole plan. If you're not seeing progress with weightlifting and increasing your protein, don't throw it all out, right? Oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do yoga or I'm going to just run instead. Weightlifting is a farce and cardio is the only way, right? Because you didn't make progress in the way that you anticipated. Don't do that. Now you're adjusting five factors at once and there's no way for you to know what was the thing that worked. What was the thing that actually made the difference, if anything, you want to just adjust one tiny variable at a time so that you can pinpoint, yes, this is the thing that makes a difference. Okay, so to recap, what do you do if it's not working? You ask yourself, is it really not working? Okay, are you taking data? Are you taking objective data to know if it's not working? Are you using diverse data measures? Not only weight, but measurements, scales of well-being, pictures, all kinds of different things that I've mentioned. Look at many variables so that you can identify what's not working, if anything. Another thing that's important to do is to adjust expectations. Have really realistic expectations. So sometimes people will come to me and I've, you know, and they say, I want to lose this amount of weight in this amount of time. I want to lose this amount of weight in this amount of time. And sometimes I have to let them know that that's not a realistic expectation if you want to do it in a way that's both healthy and sustainable. And what I will tell you is that there are a thousand programs out there where 
The person who wrote the program will teach you how to restrict your food so severely that you will for sure lose weight. But what happens when you're done with the program is that you haven't learned any skills that you can take into the rest of your life. You gain the weight immediately back and now what happens is you have a restrict and binge cycle created and it kills your self-esteem. It kills your sense of trust that you have in yourself because you think, I worked so hard for two months and then I just blew it in nine days, you know, by just going crazy with what I was eating. That's the problem is that you think I'm so weak, I couldn't sustain it. The issue isn't with you being weak. The issue is with the plan and the program being dangerous and unhealthy. Your body is trying to save you and protect you by prompting you to binge eat after you've been in a severe caloric deficit. We are not meant to go from a caloric surplus to a severe deficit overnight. It's so unhealthy for your body and your psychological well-being. There's nothing wrong with you. You can trust yourself. And I've said this in podcasts before. Do you go to work every day? Do you show up and take care of your kids? Do you clean your house? Do you do things that you don't want to do because you have to? Yes. So you can trust yourself that you will do things that you have to do even when you don't want to do them. This is no problem with trust. The problem is with the plan distrust the person that sold you that plan but don't let it affect the relationship that you have with yourself okay so when we look at expectations a healthy amount of weight that you can lose is about a pound a week it depends on how old you are Um, it depends on your activity level there are so many different things that affect weight loss right but generally a general rule of thumb is about a pound a week so if you come to me and say hey you know, this holiday is in two weeks and I'd like to lose 10 pounds, I'm going to say no. The only way to do that is to abuse yourself, if even then. And that's going to be mostly water weight. um, And it's going to come right back on as soon as that two weeks is over. And it's a waste of your time. And it's a waste of our time together. So sometimes what you have to do is just adjust your expectations to be more realistic. Is it really not working or is it just not working as quickly as you want? Right? And I get that because patience is hard. I think I'll be 95 years old and I'm still going to be struggling with patience. It's just a thing that is really tricky that you trust that if you show up and you do the thing you need to do, what's meant to happen will happen. Your body will adapt in the way that it needs to adapt. But it's going to take time. So let's say, okay, it's not working. I have looked at all of these measures. Yes, it's working in some subjective way. Like I have more trust in myself. I have a higher sense of well-being. My psychological health is better. Okay, those things are great. But let's say enough time has passed that you should have seen some change in your more objective measures that you're tracking like you should have seen a change in your weight you should have seen a change in your measurements at that point you connect with your coach or if you're not working with a coach you reflect on what you're currently doing and again adjust one variable at a time and make some change okay currently I'm eating this much a day I'm going to skip that extra dessert or I'm going to increase my protein by 20 grams or I'm going to 
uh, do just a little light cardio and take my dog for an extra long walk every night. Just adjust one variable and again, review the data. You're always coming back to the data. The data is the king. The data is the boss. Data is God. Look at the data and what the data says. That's how you know how to adjust. When I work with clients, I don't go based off a whim, right? I use science. That's why I talk about my personal training style as being science-based because I create that client's program based on an assessment I do, on a movement assessment or multiple movement assessments I do when we first begin working together. And then I track just with data. And the reason that it's helpful to have a coach is because data can be time-consuming and that's something that I love to do. And so that's the service that I can provide, right, is I can help people see where they're making progress, where they're not, and then we can adjust accordingly. Now, let's say you are doing all of the things correctly. You're using multiple data measures. You are showing up consistently. Your expectations are realistic. And it's still not working, or it's not working in the way that you wanted. Let's say you are seeing progress here, but it's slow. So you feel frustrated. And you think to yourself, I'm going to lose motivation. What do I do, you know, when I've, I've lost motivation? Seeing myself move towards attainment in some kind of outcome goal is very motivating, and then it keeps me wanting to do it. But if I'm not perceiving that I'm moving towards an outcome goal, I might lose my motivation. And I have clients talk to me about this all the time, like, how do I stay motivated? And on the next podcast, we are going to start talking about motivation. What is motivation? Um, Why do people feel that motivation is necessary to be able to make progress towards a desired goal? How can we work around that so that you can still see success even during those times when you don't feel super motivated? And we will really dig into kind of hacking that system. So just to recap what we talked about today, what do you do if it's not working? What do you do if your plan's not working? If it's objectively not working and you've given it the right amount of time that you should have seen some objective changes, you're going to connect with your coach and you're going to make some small adjustment to one variable of the plan. And you're only going to adjust one variable at a time. If you're not working with a coach, you can reflect on this yourself. If you are seeing some progress, uh, but it's not as quickly as you'd like, you can adjust realistic expectations Make sure you're using diverse data measures. You're not just using one measure to identify whether or not you're making progress. Uh, You're using the data to inform your decision-making process. You are acknowledging that behavior change and body adaptation takes time. And so in those moments, you're choosing to show up to your process goals knowing that the only way you're going to access your outcome goals is to continue showing up and doing the thing, the consistent thing over time until the data suggests that you should make some change to your plan. So next time we will talk about motivation. You are seeing progress, things are moving along, but you're starting to feel like this is taking a really long time, this is really hard, it's effortful, and I'm, I don't perceive that I'm getting the bang for my buck, right? I'm perceiving that this is more challenging than I'd like it to be and I don't think I can sustain it or I don't want to sustain it so that's what we're going to talk about next time on the next episode of the podcast so going into this week I want you to really reflect on 
how do I measure if something's not working? Do I have many diverse measures to inform whether or not it's working? Do I have realistic expectations? Am I adjusting only one variable at a time? Have I given it enough time to see some progress? These are the questions that you're asking yourself. Our last podcast episode, we talked about setting that first goal and knowing what your starting point is. Today, we're talking about how do you know if it's working? And next week, we'll talk about motivation. How do you keep going so that it can work? Knowing that's the only way it can work is to keep going, even when you don't feel like it. So have an amazing first week of 2022. It's so exciting to have a new year, a fresh, shiny new year (laughs) with no trauma, no huge social upheaval. This year is about self-care. This year is about you. This year is about connecting with what you need to be successful. And I'm just here with this podcast to help you be able to do that and live your best values-based life. So have an amazing week and see you next time.